Hey there, you're listening to Harvest Christian Fellowship's online podcast. We're so glad you've tuned in. We are located in Cornwall, Ontario, and would love it if you would visit us sometime at 847 York Street. We are a relational church with a heart for the harvest. We hope this message encourages and blesses you today. Now get ready, open your heart. You're about to hear a word from God. Holy Spirit, part six. And this morning we want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts and take a few moments to do that. We're just going to introduce it today. I don't have time to go over all of the gifts, uh, but certainly just begin talking about it and uh, kind of set the stage for it. In the month of September, beginning the second Sunday, we are uh, implementing a new, uh, what we've called members class or partnership class. But for those people who want to know more about Harvest, they've made a decision to be a Christ follower and want to know more about Harvest and um, just, just how do I get what happens here at Harvest? How do I serve? How do I become, make this my home church? And so what we've decided to do is take everybody through on Sunday morning uh, in our normal, in one of the, in both services we'll be doing this, uh, for four weeks, and that's the length of time now that this class will be offered, and uh, we'll all do it together. And in one of the classes, I think it's the third or fourth one, I think it's the third one, uh, we actually do a gift assessment test, both for spiritual gifting and natural gifting, to help you find your place to serve here in the body. Um, and not everybody will score 10 on barista, all right? Just so you know, just so you know. Uh, many of you that are serving in the cafe, thank you so much. Uh, we have a hundred other places that we need you to serve as well. And I only say that because the cafe is getting lots of attention and we need lots of hands. So thank you for everyone who's helping us there. But we'll talk about all of the areas uh, that need uh, people to serve here at Harvest Christian Fellowship on a Sunday morning so that uh, everyone in the family can take, uh, take advantage of this time as we meet with the Lord. Uh, gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts uh, are supernatural gifts, supernatural gifts. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for being here in such a real way. Jesus, thank you for the message of the table this morning. And Holy Spirit, we invite you just to continue manifesting yourself as we are focusing on you in these seri- time of series here on week six. Thank you to enlighten our minds, uh, broaden our spirits, and help us to understand who you are and the work that you are doing and how we can cooperate with the gifts that you're giving. I ask these things now. Amen. They're supernatural gifts. These are not gifts that you were born with or that you're good at. And uh, we're born with things that we're good at, uh, some people more than others. And we find that out fairly early in life, what we're, not always what we're good at, but we kind of do figure out what we're not good at. Uh, I have about a grade three level in art. Uh, on a good day, on a good day, a grade three level in art. I was never very good at art. I didn't like art. Um, and the, the first time, you know, when you were sketching something and they asked you, you know, they put it in the room, whether it was a person, it was an apple, banana, whatever it was, and you sketched it and it looks nothing like 
what you're drawing, but in your head it looks like it, until you look at the kid beside you who's like this uh, prodigy artist, it actually looks like what you're supposed to be sketching, and you realize, I really suck at art. And so I was that person. Anybody else here can't draw for the life? See, so I just feel a little bit more comfortable today, a little, little warmth in the room today, as all us non-artist types realize uh, we're not good at that. But there are people who are good at that. They just naturally pick up, start doodling, and, and it looks like what they're drawing. It just it used to kill me that people uh, had that ability. Um, when I was in middle school, I found out that as we did running races at recess, I, I often could beat most of the kids and uh, then found out about sprinting and track, and, and, uh, and I really enjoyed that, and I found out something that I, was, that I was good at. And so we have things that we are naturally gifted at. We have natural gifts, but that's not what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about supernatural gifts, gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit that um, you are not good or bad at uh, because you're born with it. You are, you're good at because the Holy Spirit is working through you. So they're supernatural uh, gifts. Let's just review for a moment. We looked at this scripture Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So three New Testament baptisms that Paul uses the children of Israel in their journey to point out to us. And kind of a funny word to use, baptism, because for us, baptism is a, word, a weird word anyway. And then this idea of being immersed in water, water baptism. How do you get baptized into Moses? And how do you get baptized into a cloud? And so I talked to you about the word baptism being equated with identification. Identification. To be baptized in means to identify with. And so when we're water baptized, and we'll have a water baptismal service as part of the classes uh, that we'll be doing in September, uh, the week that coincides, uh, we'll, we'll have a water baptism class for anyone who's not, or excuse me, a water baptism Sunday for anyone who's not been water baptized. And when you get water baptized, you're identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, that we ourselves now are dead uh, in our trespasses of sin. The old man is buried, but we come up in new life. We're born again. So water baptism, very powerful baptism that Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. There's also a baptism in the cloud. And again, this word baptism, where we identify, the Old Testament identified with the cloud. We needed the cloud. It guided us. It directed us. The voice of God was in the cloud. They identified with, we are a people under the cloud. Well, as, uh, and I'm going to define charismatic in a minute, but as char a charismatic church, we identify with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We identify with the person of the Holy Spirit. We identify with the work of the Holy Spirit. And that there is a baptism where we come under the Holy Spirit's activity today. And when we're born again, the Spirit is in us, but we want the Spirit of God over us, on us. We identify or we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we looked at last week, um, we looked at this, and we looked at this, the aspect of speaking in tongues, uh, because Jesus said, for John, baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus uses this word. Just say, there's another experience I want you to have. Wait in Jerusalem. 
You're born again. My spirit's in you. But wait in Jerusalem before you begin the mandate of going into all the world and preaching the gospel. Because you need to do that with the Holy Spirit power. Why? Because when Jesus walked on the earth, the Bible said that he was filled, the fullness of deity, the fullness of the God had dwelt in Jesus. Fullness. Say fullness. He was full. We're going to talk about being full today of the Holy Spirit so that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not our enablement, but God's enablement through us. So just as Jesus, the person, he said, I must go. The comforter must come. You must get his power on you. Why? So that the body, the church, the body of Jesus walking the earth today could demonstrate exactly in the same manner that Jesus did signs, wonders, miracles, pointing people to the love of God. And so he said, you make sure that you get this before you go out. I suggested to you that there were, uh, according to Acts, I think it's, it's chapter 15 or 16, uh, that there were 580 people that should have been in the upper room, but there were only 120. And what we can surmise is that some of those people decided we don't need whatever it is he's selling here today, and we're just going to go out on our own and begin evangelizing. We're just going to go out and, and begin sharing faith, which, which that's their choice, and they can do that, but that's not what Jesus told them to do. And so the, the church is birthed, the New Testament church is birthed on the day of Pentecost, amongst the 120, and we see the life and the power and the expression begin happening. And we believe that that's what Jesus wants to do uh, today. And so we identify uh, with that. And last week we, we found out that as we're, we come into this experience that uh, there's speaking in tongues. And what in the world is that? And we talked about the language of love, the language of strength, the language of war, the language of direction, the language of the supernatural. And really the language of the supernatural is the one that we want to key in on because as charismatics, uh, and I'll, again, I'll define that in a moment, uh, a people that believe in the Holy Spirit moving this way today, all too often we leave this part out, and this is the most important part, <laughs> and that, that we enjoy in our believers' meetings the moving of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the language of love, the language of strength, and we do all these languages, and we leave the language of the supernatural out, and it was for the very reason that he gave them the language in the first place. He said that I want people to hear and to see, hear and see, say hear and see, and that was the culmination at the end of uh, Peter's, when, when Peter on the day of Pentecost, uh, uh, when Peter was finished, he said, Therefore, Jesus being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Which you see and hear. And so we are to be uh, clothed with power. We're to, we're to identify with the cloud or identify with the Holy Spirit, have these languages uh, and, and so that we can step through the doorway into the spiritual gifts. Why? So that there's a, spiritual, a supernatural language. What do I mean by that? I mean that people would see and hear Jesus in our lives. Hear and see Jesus in our lives and be convinced that God is real today, just as it was when Jesus walked the earth. And do not be drunk with wine, which is in pa, that word, excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Paul is teaching the Ephesian church about where to be 
in order to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit coming out of us, bubbling over and out of us. And we talk about this, this idea of being filled. And he talks about alcohol. It's interesting. He, he, he links this with alcohol. And sometimes people will say, well, what's, what's the church's stand on alcohol? Well, what's the Bible's stance on alcohol? Here it is. Don't, don't be influenced by alcohol to the extent that you lose control. Being drunk. People, what, what, what do you mean by being drunk? If you have to ask, uh, you shouldn't be drinking. Um, you know, and so people, there's a fuzzy line there sometimes. People, but, you know, so, so kind of a sideline here and nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it's interesting he makes the connection to alcohol. Because as you're drinking alcohol, at some point you will lose control. You will lose control. You will lose your inhibitions. Um, and that, that place where you become a different person is the point where the Bible is saying you, you're, you're in danger zone. Don't do that. And, and the point being this, that the only, the only person who should be, first, we're, we're self-controlled, the Bible said. We're, we're to have the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. But that's because we're under God's control. And the minute we come out from under God's control, we're in trouble. We want to remain under God's control. And so people who drink too much to drunkenness, they are now under the control of the alcohol. And so alcohol becomes their God. And that's why alcohol has such a power over some people and why addictions happen is because they're giving themselves to the control of the substance as opposed to I'm in control of the substance. So some people can do this and some people you should never drink. <laughs> Not because it's wrong, just because it is very difficult for you to hand the reins of your life over. I'll leave that one because that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> and so he says, as you're drinking alcohol, you come under the influence of alcohol. He says, now, you need to drink the Holy Spirit and come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will begin being more and more in charge of your life. And that's what we're looking for. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. And it's interesting, that word there means you need to get filled every day. Why? Because you leak. <laughs> I leak, you leak, we all leak. And so he says, get filled. And one of the ways, one of the ways is to worship. And that's why we come on Sundays and we worship God and we give ourselves to worship. And what, what do we do? We're singing psalms and spiritual songs. Those ones that just we make up, you know. Watermelon, watermelon, I love you, Jesus. I wish I could sing like Karen, but it doesn't matter because you love me, Jesus. And here I am singing to you today. And we just sing and out of our heart. And that's one of the ways that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the language of love. And so as we're communicating with the Holy Spirit, I like the way the message version says it. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. And we were doing that today. And so we want to uh, move into this realm where we're full of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the language of love, the language of tongues is for. Just that way of just staying right up to the brim. And uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and just begin this conversation about these supernatural gifts um, that are given to us to use. Um, and um, and the, we're not born with this, but when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we walk into a realm in which we can participate in them. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, and I'm going to key in on these three uh, verses that uh, are here on the screen. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, and then the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
All right, and so we'll kind of walk through this, and I'll just pause on these and try to bring some explanation. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And we'll pause there, and what Paul is saying is, I don't want you to be unknowing. And there's two aspects of unknowing. Unknowing knowledge, unknowing experience. I don't want you to not know about this, and I don't want you to not participate in this. That's exactly what he's saying. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I don't want you not to have the information. And so he spends chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14 bringing explanation, giving a context for, you, telling us the right way and the wrong ways to do this, that there are God ways and right ways. It's not a free-for-all. You don't get, we don't get to do it any way we want to. These are the Holy Spirit gifts, and we're to function in them and understand them. And so he says, I want you to experience and to understand. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were Gentiles carried away to the dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I have made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Kind of an offhand here again. The context of this is he's speaking to the Corinthians who are very spiritual people. Spiritual in the sense of the spiritual realm, which is more than the Holy Spirit. There are demonic spirits that are present in the world today. And he's speaking to the Corinthians that had a, a wide background of Eastern mysticism and Eastern religions we would refer to today. And some would call the New Age. And the New Age is old. All it is is dressed up as new because um, celebrities are being awakened and people in high places of influence in our media are, have been awakened to some Eastern religions and, 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 and being able to uh, move in uh, supernatural power. And so he's speaking to a people just like that. And they were, they were idol worshipers and he's saying, no, the idols never spoke to you. And, and, uh, but there was a spirit involved. And some were wondering which spirit is which. You know how, do I know, how do I know that this isn't some kind of hocus-pocus demonic stuff? I don't want to do that. And today we have people that, that, that actually teach that that might be the case. They, they teach, you know, sincerely and, and from the Bible that, oh, don't get involved with that, you know, charismatic stuff because it could be the devil. And people are scared and they're like, how do I know? I, don't, I, I would not want a demon to, to utilize me. Well, how would I know? And, and so right off, right off the hop, Paul's saying, you know that stuff that you were involved in before? You don't have to worry about that because when you became a Christian, you're born again and Christ lives in you. And that, that idol stuff, well, you wouldn't even be able to say, I want Jesus and let's glorify God if you still had the devil in you. All right, another aside. All right, here we go. <laughs> Therefore, I have made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a lot of different kinds of charisma, and that's the word in the Greek, charisma, gifts, charisma. And so, if I talk to you about charisma, most of us would say, oh, charisma, Barack Obama, you know, when he, when he was running for president, they, the United States says, we have never had a leader with so much charisma. And what they were referring to is his ability to draw people, almost like cast a spell over people. He was filling stadiums full of young people to hear him speak. And only to find out that now, at the, en at the end of it, his charisma didn't equal his ability in leadership, not because I have a political standpoint or have an opinion, just because most people would say his charisma far outweighed his ability. 
And we talk about charisma, the, 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 the draw, that almost like that spell. They're movie stars and celebrities have a charisma. They come on the stage and instantly there's energy in the room. Charisma. That's not what we're talking about. They've misused the word. The word never meant that. Charisma is made up of two words in the Greek. Grace and gift. Grace and gift. It's a grace gift. It's a gift that you can't earn, you, you aren't good at naturally. Uh, it's something that you're able to do. It is supernatural. It has nothing to do with your natural. It's super that comes on your natural. It is a grace gift. It is an expression of God's love. We don't deserve it. The person receiving it doesn't res- deserve it. It's just given. The Bible says here, there are many kinds of charisma, but the same spirit. I'll pause there and say, and just bring definition. By that definition, we call ourselves, if you've wondered, are, are, are we a Baptist church? Are we a Lutheran church? There's no name. Well, what, what's the deal with that anyway? How come Harvest Christian Fellowship doesn't have a name? And I always tell people, like, there's a couple of reasons. One, one is, I'll say to people, um, well, what is your background? And they'll say, well, I'm Catholic, or I'm Lutheran, or I'm Baptist, or I'm something. And I'll go, right. And so you tell me that, but you're not attending church anywhere, are you? No. But you won't come to this church if it had a certain name because that's not what you are, right? Right, right. So we're a no-name church, so you can come no matter what, who you are. I don't care your background. You have no excuses. Get to church. That is one of the reasons we do that. (laughs) The other reason is that we really do define ourselves as, in terms of genre expression, we're, we're charismatic. What does that mean? It means that we believe that today, for every believer... The sons and the daughters. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Or, or if we, we can translate that in modern vernacular, that first line. I don't want you to be unknowing, brothers and sisters. All of the people in church, both male and female. I don't want you to be unknowing that the charisma, the gifts, are for you. We're charismatic because we believe that the gifts are for today. The grace gift of God. That we don't want to be walking through life without being able to express the power of God and the miracles of God. Because that's how Jesus did it. And he demonstrated to people, I love you. Watch, I'll show you. You're healed. I love you. I want to do a miracle for you. That the grace of God is given to people. They get to sample it before they make the decision to have everlasting life. The multitudes came to Jesus and they sampled the grace. They took it in. Why? Because the Bible says, taste and see. God is good. And he's looking for a people. And so we just, we just say we're charismatic in the sense of we want the charisma, not that other stuff, but we want the grace gifts to flow through our lives so that there's something from heaven to give to people. All right? There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities. It's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit. Now, I'll take you back. I read it already. But in Acts, at the end of Peter's sermon, he says, oh, by the way, at the beginning he says, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Boom. So he gives a context for what's happening in, in, the, in the upper room. At the end of the sermon, he says, by the way, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to do what you're, what you're, what's happening right now, that you might see and hear about God. Say see. Say hear. 
And so the language of the supernatural, the grace, manifestation, gifts, gifts of spirit, are so that people can see and hear that God's alive today. Not just because we tell them he's alive, but because there's a demonstration, or this word, a manifestation, which can be a really spooky word. And there's some people aren't charismatics, they're charisfanatics, and they're charismaniacs. And we want to be very careful that we bring guidelines and, and, and there's order to all of this because there's too many people just weird for the sake of weirdness. People who have never been spoken to in their churches about how to behave properly with the gifts. And I'm just telling you right out front, we don't, we, here we talk about proper spiritual gift behavior because there's too many people discrediting. You can turn on the television and see it. You, you, can, you can just see the people that are maybe are drawn to this particular uh, expression because in their own personalities, maybe, you know, they're insecure or whatever. And so they find a strength in the gifts and then they find an identity, but then they get really weird because it's about them and not about God. And, and so just, just so you know, we, we, we have, we, we believe proper protocols to do all this. And Paul, you know, Paul lays all this out and, and, and teaches us, and we'll be talking about that today's coming. Just this word, the manifestation of the Spirit. And so some people are all into manifestation. You know, it's the spookier, the better. The weirder, the more it must be God. And let's just, no. Natural with super on it is supernatural. Jesus has walked around doing good and healing, and, 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 and it wasn't weird. It was naturally supernatural, and people were drawn to it. And so the manifestation of the Spirit, that, that, that phrase I'm looking at, is for everyone, say everyone, not just for a couple in the church or a few people. It's for all of us. We're all to be carriers and couriers of the grace gifts. So we can distribute them. Why? So there can be profit to all. Everybody profits from this. Believers, non-believers, everyone. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To one a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another faith. And these are all some of the gifts of the Spirit here that are being uh, enumerated. Another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Another the working of miracles. Another prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Another different kinds of tongues into another interpretation of tongues. And by the way, you see that those two things go together because this is the gift of tongues, and we took time. Not all tongues is tongues. Um, uh, there are different languages, as we talked about. And this, the gift of tongues, must be interpreted. Uh, and you have to, that's another gift that's used to do that. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, distributing to each one individually as the Holy Spirit wills. So we're looking at the gifts or the charisma, the gifts of the Spirit, and, um, and believing that God wants us to be used in these today. Concerning the gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unknowing. There are, it's the charisma, there's a diversity of charisma, but the same Spirit, and the manifestation of that Spirit is given to everyone, not just to some people, it's given to everyone, and we're to participate and move in these. Well, one of the questions we normally get, and this is why we'll do a, a gift analysis uh, for everyone now that comes to be a part of the church, and then after the gift analysis, we'll ask you to serve in an area of the church and serve with your gift, and we'll talk, we'll, that gift analysis, we'll talk about your natural gifts as well as, as well as discovering your supernatural gifts. How do I find out or discover what my supernatural gifts are? Number one, you have to identify with the cloud. <laughs> They're supernatural. And so on Tuesday this week, Momentum Prayer, if you've not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, or you're not sure, then you're not. 
If you're not sure, then you're not. <laughs> and come on Tuesday night, and we're going to dedicate a portion of this. Come for prayer. We're all going to pray. We're going to do the momentum prayer thing. But a part of what we're going to do is make sure that anybody that wants to receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to identify with the Holy Spirit in a way that you're capable of speaking the language of love and the language of war and the language of the supernatural, that you can begin participating in these grace gifts to be able to supernaturally touch other people's lives. How powerful would that be? <laughs> so we want you to come on Tuesday. Go ahead. Are we supposed to clap now? We need, we need an applause uh, thing to come across the, uh, like T.D. Jakes has. No, he doesn't have one. No, they just know to do it. Um, and, and so, so you, to discover your gifts, you, you want to, first of, all, first of all, identify with the cloud and begin moving in, in these things. They don't just happen by themselves. You have to be filled with, filled with, influenced by the Holy Spirit. And the more you're influenced by the Holy Spirit, the more the gifts will flow out of your life. Number uh, B and C, love people and serve people. Love people and serve people. Paul spends a whole chapter, chapter 13, on love. Again, knowing the propensity of people is to parade their gifts and somehow wear them as badges. And it was never about that. It was about loving people. And when you love people, and then because you love them, you serve them, you, the gifts will naturally begin to flow. And so it's not gift first. It's love and serve first. And out of that context, you will begin to identify what your gifts are. I can give you a hint. Um, you know, you're in small group, and, um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're there, and, and somebody is sick, and it's just really bothering you that you're, they're sick, and you just want to pray. You're like, can we just stop the small group so we can pray for them? There's just a desire in you to see them healed. There's probably a gift of healing in your life. Well, how do, I, how do I find that out? Lay hands on them and ask God to heal them. You just got to try. And it's okay if it doesn't work. Don't give up on it. Don't quit on it. Oh, gee, this didn't work, or I guess the gifts aren't for me. No, you, you, you give yourself to it and, and just, see how this, just see how this thing starts to play out. Uh, you could be in the, in, in the cafe, and a, you know, someone you don't know is walking up, and the Lord just drops something in your heart where you, you're just feeling like, man, I just feel like there's something, estrangement between there and their mom, and God just wants to do something. And they come up for the coffee, and you go, here's your coffee, and by the way, I hope this isn't rude or forward. I'm not even sure I know your name. What is your name? And you tell me, I just feel like the Lord's saying something about your mom, and, and you guys are, it's going to be cool, and you guys are going to be together again. And the person starts crying, going, I haven't talked to my mom in three years, and I was thinking I need to do that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That's called a word of knowledge. And you just, you just, all of a sudden you were love, you were in the context of serving and loving people. And the Holy Spirit says that's the perfect context for the gifts to move. Whether it's here, at work, amongst your friends, wherever the context is, you're in a context of loving and serving. If you're not in that context, it'll get weird. It'll get funny. It, 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 it won't be what God is looking for. Uh, number two, we, we'll talk about this in the future, but developing your gifts concerning spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unknowing or unexperienced. I want you to have experience. Uh, you can get more proficient with the gifts. Um, and we, we have, when we will have classes for this and, and talk to you about this, and, and you can start honing in uh, some of your skill level. And you don't start with skill. Remember, there, it's a grace gift. But once you're given it, you can just become more comfortable and more proficient with it. Uh, and, uh, and we'll talk about that. And lastly, uh, stewardship versus ownership. Stewardship versus ownership. Can I have the uh, worship team come back to the stage, please? Stewardship versus ownership. 
Um, the Western world, we, we really think in terms of ownership. Um, you know, this would not fly here, what I'm going to suggest. Think, think about this. This was kind of uh, um, Eastern, Eastern mindset. Uh, in the New Testament, they had all things in common. Remember, remember that scripture in Acts? And every time we read that, we, I don't know about you, it kind of just feel funny all of a sudden because are we going to start talking about having a commune here at Harvest and living together and sharing everything? And that's weird. And yeah, it's weird because of our Western, we're not, we're not from an Eastern mindset, we're from a Western mindset. So we're into ownership. For example, you go into your neighborhood, five houses in a row, everybody has a lawnmower. Why? I mean, we only cut grass for four months. I mean, you could, we could have a co-op and everybody chip in, be a lot cheaper, one lawnmower, and I use it on Monday, you use it Tuesdays, the other guy uses it Wednesday, we have five days, of, and we just grab the lawnmower and go out and mow. Not in your life, that ain't never happening, because that's my lawnmower, baby. Yeah, tools, right? The ladies might be able to relate. Why do you have to have all those tools? Because they're my tools. Identifies me as a man. That's my tools. That, that's, my, that's my skill saw. But you could just go over. The neighbor told you you could borrow his at any time. I know that. I borrowed it and I liked it. I want my own. Right? 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 Yeah. So, so but that really hinders us in the area of the gifts because we were never called to own the gifts. And some of us, we take ownership of the gifts of the Spirit. And, and you know, we walk around like we own the gifts. No, you don't. You're stewarding something. And heaven deposited something in you, and the person on the end that you pray for, speak to, love on, gift of hospitality, we, we really underestimate this one. It is, gift of hospitality, when it's a grace gift, is amazing. The New Testament was built on this gift. The church grew because of hospitality, people opening their homes. I grew up in southwestern Ontario with Dutch, Ethnicity and, and Portuguese and and, uh, um, and, and native native uh, Canadians, no Italians. Met my first Italian when we went to Oshawa to pastor my wife and I. And this little Italian lady says, "You're gonna come and eat at my house. I'm gonna make you a nice meal. Salad was the nicest meal I ever had in my life. It was a beautiful. She put her hands to it. It was seven courses. I didn't know." Now, Lynn, you've learned to do that as a French-Canadian, but you're married in an Italian, and so he, you, know, you, must, you must have learned the ways of the old country. And so she brings course, and I, she's, you know, after course one, she's going, eat, eat, I'm eating, I'm eating. Man, I wouldn't have eaten so much if I'd known there was going to be, you know, there's pasta and chicken and salad and pork, and it just kept coming. But it was so good, and I just wanted to be there forever. I didn't want to go home. You know people like that? They just have a gift of hospitality. And then all of a sudden those barriers start to go down. And the next thing you're connecting meaningfully and having a relationship. See, I don't have that gift. If you come to my house, I'm looking at my watch. When are you going home? I was really glad that you came. But you've been here about an hour and a half now. And it's probably time for you to go. And you've eaten enough of my food. Because I wanted a little left. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I just don't have that gift. But people that do, and I'm not talking natural, because some people have it naturally, but there's some people, you just come in their homes and you're like, put your feet up and relax and you could stay forever. And we underestimate, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus taught a parable, ownership versus stewardship. We're to steward. We're to use the gifts 
to make him look great. And so Jesus tells this parable about the talents. It's not talents, gifting, it's money. Talent was a name for money. And it says that this one guy was given five talents. That was like in a lifetime, nobody would get that much money. Another guy, like, like three talents. Whoa, nobody gets that. That's a lot of money. And somebody, one talent. Seems like just, oh, well, one talent. It still was an incredible amount of money. And he says, I'm going away for a while, but I'm going to come back and I'll, there'll be an accounting. Because when I come back, I want to see how you did with all this. So he comes back, and the guy with five talents made it ten. He really invested. He went for it. Made the master look really good. He, just, he caused that. He stewarded so well that he, he increased the wealth of the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. Same with the second one. The other guy says, I, I scared to use the gift. I scared. I didn't want to break it. <laughs> I was kind of scared to use it. And, and I knew you were a hard taskmaster. I, I knew that if I got it wrong... Well, then, you know, someone might laugh at me. And if I got it wrong, then, then you might be angry at me. So I dug a hole and I put it in and I buried it. Ha! Because, you know, the gift is still, so I checked on it every now and again. Had a few people prophesy over me and told me that I had that gift. But, but I just left it there. I didn't do anything with it. Because, you know, I just didn't want to upset the apple cart. But I had it. I had the gift. And, and, and Jesus said, oh, wicked servant. It wasn't nice. Gave it to somebody else. Now, that parable is told about Jesus coming at the end of the age. Jesus hasn't come yet. And I have good news for any of you that have buried your gifts. Because what I'm saying is this. It's time to dig out the spiritual gifts if you've buried them. And it's time if you've had a mindset of, let's just bury this charismatic thing. I don't want anything to do with that. The Holy Spirit's got you here for such a time as this. And he's saying, I want to give you some gifts. Come on, somebody. And we're going to invest those gifts. And here we are as we come into the fall season 2016. We've come into a great facility. That's all this is, is a facility. We need people who are loving and serving, functioning in the gifts, to begin ministering like we never have before. This is a season of upping, upping, not just coming into the upper room, so to speak, of the upper auditorium, but coming into the upper room of receiving and identifying with the Holy Spirit in a larger way as a church and beginning to express the giftings in a more powerful, meaningful way. Not just for us, but to touch the lives of people. Why? Because we don't own the gifts. We steward them to make Him look good. And that's the reason and that's the purpose. And I believe that's the spirit behind what we do. We're going to see... God move in the grace gifts far more than we ever have before. And the very desires of our heart to see this, experience this for the right reasons will manifest before our very eyes every week, every day. Would you stand with me? Let's sing this again in this series. We've sung this song. Just let's identify with the cloud this morning. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare.